Good morning. Thank you, Jalissa. So did you get what you wanted this Christmas? <laughs> I hope that you did. Uh, I don't know about you, but I just love Christmas and uh, exchanging gifts. And growing up, we didn't have a lot. But, you know, my mom, uh, who I think is watching today, so hi, mom. Uh, she always had a way of making Christmas special. You know, there was always a gift under the tree with my name on it. And I think that's one of the reasons why I still love uh, exchanging gifts. And, uh, you know, now as our family's grown and, and uh, we have uh, uh, daughters-in-law and grandchildren, uh, we've started to draw names at Christmas uh, to make Christmas gift giving a little more manageable. How does your family exchange gifts? Maybe you want to put it in the chat this morning. Maybe you got a little thing that you do with your family of exchanging gifts. Maybe just put that in the chat. Get some discussion going. As we've been doing this as a family, though, drawing names, uh, some things have come to light. And one of them is that some people in our family are great gift givers. They're thoughtful, creative, they pay attention, they shop the sales, you know, they get you something, you know, in the budget range, because we always set a price range, and they get, but they get you something even nicer because they got it on sale. Uh, another thing that comes to light is that some are generous givers, you know, and it doesn't really matter what the budget is, they just get you something ridiculously awesome. And then another thing that comes to light is that some are last-minute shoppers, and uh, they don't really match anything about your interest or the budget. They're just stopping by the 7-Eleven on the way over to your house, so they have a gift for you. And uh, so it's always exciting. Uh, who gets your name in the draw? And uh, I want you to know, though, that God is a good gift giver. God is a good gift giver. He's creative. He's insightful. Uh, he knows even if you've been bad or good, he still has lots of resources. Uh, and if you love good gifts and God is someone you're going to want to have your name for Christmas. The Bible says in James 1 verse 17, every good and perfect gift is from above, from God above, coming down from the Father. You know, God wants to give you good gifts because not it doesn't matter on whether or not you've been bad or good. You know, the song, uh, You Better Not Pout and all that stuff, and Santa has a list. That's not what God is like. The reason God gives us good gifts is not because of our behavior, but because he is good, it doesn't depend on us at all. Three good gifts that God wants to give you. I just want to give you them really quickly this morning. Number one, God wants to give you wisdom. The Bible says in James 1 verse 5, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. Do you need wisdom? Do you need some help uh, getting through the things that you know you got to do, but you're just not sure how to stick with it and get it done. Well, the, our God, your God, wants to give you wisdom if you would ask for it. Another thing that God gives us, the second thing, is that God gives us love, joy, and peace. Galatians 5, and 23 talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit that produces these gifts in our lives from God. And, you know, God wants to give you love, 
joy and peace that don't depend on your circumstances. They don't depend on how the people around you treat you. They don't depend on any of that. They depend on God. And if you come to God and ask him for his Holy Spirit, he wants to fill you with his gifts of love, joy, and peace. The third one, third gift that God wants to give you And this is a big one, and we're going to hear some stories about this today. And that is that God wants to give you new life. You know, are you living a life that's just dragging you down? People are dragging you down. Circumstances are dragging you down. Your own your own weaknesses or your own own challenges are dragging you down. Well, the Bible says that God has come with His grace in the intention to save us. And the Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse 8 that it, this grace is a gift of God, this new life that he wants to give us. You know, Jesus offers us new life, new life. And Jesus often referred to this new life as light, of him being a light to us, a light that would help us to see our way, help us to see Uh, how much God loves us, how much hope that we can find in our Heavenly Father. In John chapter 12, verse 46, Jesus said this, I have come into the world as a light. There's that word. He's come as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Isn't that a great promise? If you've been in darkness, God has a gift for you, and that's a new life. Walking into light. Jesus came so you could experience this light. Here's three people that are going to share their stories of how they encountered the light of Jesus. Hi, my name is Cheryl Friesen, and I grew up in a little town called Burns Lake, B.C., which is just west of Prince George, When I was 18, I moved to Prince George, where I met my husband. We've been married for over 20 years, and we have four kids. And after COVID is over, we're really looking forward to spending time with more friends and family and just being able to relax and enjoy each other that way. Hey, my name is Jared. Uh, I grew up in Edmonton. I moved out of there when I was 19, so I've been not at home for the last five years. So probably after COVID, I'm going to take off a couple of weeks and spend it with my family because I haven't seen any of my aunts or uncles or cousins for a long time. I, I want to throw a big feast for them <laughs> and see them all. Have a, a classic Ukrainian dinner with all of them. Hello, my name is Kimmy and I'm a pastor here at Gateway Church. I'm a homegrown Prince George girl. I've lived here pretty much all my life. My husband and I have been married for almost 25 years. We have three incredible kids. Our first, Noah, is married and then we have two, uh, Trinity and Eden, that are both in high school. And I can't wait for COVID to be over because at our home, we love to entertain. Both my husband and I love having friends over, and we can't wait to have a games night and just have lots of laughter and good times. And uh, I'm also really creative, and I can't wait to have my creative friends over so that we can have uh, a creative night together. So I don't remember a time in my life without Jesus. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents both loved God, and they taught me from the time I was little, just how much Jesus loved me and just that he was just a big part of our everyday life. 
my mom, she prayed with us every night, and we just knew that we could take all of our details to Jesus, and he took care of us. Before I encountered Jesus, my life was really dark and really hopeless. I was a depressed and an alcoholic, and I didn't really have much passion for anything in life. But uh, I'm really glad that Jesus pulled me out of that life because it was going to be a short one. Before I encountered Jesus, well, growing up in this wonderful community, my family and I, we engaged in all the outdoor activities Prince George offers, like camping and fishing and sports and community, and I really had a wonderful childhood. It was later on in my teenage years and my young adult years where things kind of got a little crazy and I started to make some really poor decisions for myself. I got into a really unhealthy relationship as a, as a teenager and uh, started making bad decisions around drinking and uh, smoking pot and smoking and going to the bar and partying a lot and just making really unhealthy choices for myself. And, uh, and then that relationship ended and there was a whole lot of uh, baggage and hurt. But pretty soon after, on New Year's Eve, I met my husband at a country and western bar. And we were both living the same kind of lifestyle, working all week and going to the bar on the weekend and partying and hanging out with friends. And uh, we moved in together. And then after a couple of years, kind of started wondering is this it? Is this all there is to life? Is this what life is all about? Is working and then partying, working and partying, and kind of started looking around for meaning and for life and for purpose. So the way I came to know Jesus was through uh, a family who loved God. So my parents taught me a lot about Jesus when I was little, and I went to Sunday school and church every week, so I learned all of the Bible stories about how, um, just about God's character and who He is. So when I was 10 years old, felt like I needed to just go another step in my faith and just make a real commitment to God. I knew all the stories, but I just felt like I needed to come before God and just commit my life to Him. There was a song we sang at church um, Based out of Psalms 51, it was created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So I just went off to my parents' room by myself, and I just sat before God, and I just cried my heart out, and I just wanted Him to just know that I was serious about Him, and I just, just, I knew He loved me so much, and I wanted to love Him back, and I wanted Him to just, um, yeah, just cleanse me and forgive me from anything that was holding me back from him. How did I come to know Jesus? One day I was going home from work uh, with a, a plan in mind to end my life and I literally had to stop dead in my tracks because I had this pounding voice or pounding feeling in my head that I needed to call the kids camp that I used to go to. It was Circle Square Ranch in uh, Halkirk, Alberta. And uh, I kept trying to walk home and this voice, this feeling kept pounding in my head that I had the phone. So after about five minutes of trying to battle my way through this pounding, I decided to phone the camp and ask them if they needed uh, another guy staff for the summer. And they said, yeah. So I went, and for the first month, I had no idea what I was doing there. And at the end of every week, the campers get to give their testimonies of the week. And this little girl, she was like half the height of everyone. 
Um, she was bald. She was, uh, was kind of sickly looking. And she gave her testimony. She was talking about how she was uh, battling cancer. And uh, she just wanted to share a little bit of hope with us. She wanted to let, her know, let us know that even though her life was possibly going to be really short, she didn't want to spend it doing anything else but worshiping Jesus and sharing the love of Jesus. And that night, I uh, went back to my cabin, uh, pretty weepy, and uh, with my eyes opened. We had three different friends that invited us to go to church. And so finally, after the third invitation, we accepted and we went to church. And honestly, I'll never forget that day because I seriously thought that when I walked into that church, there was going to be this red spotlight just shining over me and it was going to expose all the mistakes, all the bad choices, all the bad things I had done in my life and that everybody would know my sin. But instead, when I got there, I encountered these incredibly accepting and loving people. They just loved my husband and I for who we were. And they didn't have life perfect, and they were just trying to figure things out. But they were passionate about doing it with God and pursuing Jesus. And so we started attending Bible studies. And a couple months later, I was driving home from a Bible study. And I pulled over to the side of the road. And I'll never forget that moment, too. I was in my little white car and on the side of the road on the old Caribou Highway road. And I said to Jesus, I can't do this anymore on my own. I need you. I want to ask you to forgive me of all of those choices that I've made and all those mistakes that I've made. And I felt just a complete forgiveness wash over me. And I asked him to come and just that I would have a, a relationship with him for the rest of my life. And I instantly felt this peace and this joy that just came over me. And, uh, and if you knew me before Jesus, I was angry. I was short tempered. I was frustrated. And so I welcomed these new feelings of peace and joy that God had given to me. For me to walk with Jesus is to never walk alone. Um, My grandpa, he used to play a song on his violin, or he played lots of songs on his violin when I was a kid. And for our wedding, he came and played two songs. He played, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, and Take Jesus With You When You Go. And um, I feel like that kind of sums up my walk. Um, Jesus is my best friend. He's with me wherever I go. Um, he's always before me, beside me, behind me. Um, we've walked through many dark times in our lives and many good times in our lives, and Jesus is with us always. Um, Eleven years ago, we had a stillborn baby, and um, it was probably one of the darkest times of my life. But it's a, also a time where I really saw a, a deeper side of God's love for me. Um, just sh- He really showed me that he was truly with me, and there were days when I didn't know if I could even function, but I, those were the days that I felt like his arms were around me, and he was holding my hand and keeping me going. He is hope, and there's a verse that I have found in the Bible that just brings so much life, and it kind of is, just rings really true. Um, it's in Hebrews 6.19, and it says, We have this certain hope, like a strong, unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor is fastened to the mercy seat, which sits 
in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. And I just feel like that is just such a big part of every situation that we go through. We can go straight to Jesus and just know that we have hope in him and he can help us through no matter what. Walking with Jesus has given me a new set of eyes. Um, I'm thinking back to the first time I wore a pair of glasses. I didn't have to wear glasses until I was like 20. And I was really surprised at all the things that I wasn't able to see before. (laughs) Um, The distance, uh, the colors, just the clarity and everything. Thinking back to uh, my life before I was saved, it just felt like everything was a little bit blurry, a little bit dark. Um, But now with Jesus, it's totally weird. Just, I can't imagine what it's like to be where I was before and stumbling through life and thinking that it was normal compared to now. I see hope in everything. I see passion in everything. I see life in everything. I see the goodness in everything. And I'm really glad that God's shown a light on all those things in my life that I could have had and now I do get to have. When I think about what it's like to walk this life with Jesus, I just can't imagine it any other way. Now that I have him in my life and in my heart, it is like the greatest gift that I've ever opened, and I just never want to let go of it and never want to return it or give it back. It's a gift that just never stops giving. You see, all those negative things I used to do and all those bad habits that I had learned and bad decisions that I had made— God has exchanged those. He's given me forgiveness from him, but he's also taught me how to forgive myself. And forgiveness really has been an area where I have had victory and I have felt freedom. I have been released. And so I just can't imagine living any other life than a life with God. He is so gracious. He is so good. He is so loving. And he's constantly teaching me just so tenderly, just shining his light through me me so that I just am like, un, um, it, it's unbreakable that I want to share the love of God with other people. It's just unstoppable that I want the world to know if he can work on a messed up girl like me, he can work on anybody. God is so good and so gracious. The day that I encountered Jesus was a day that I began to understand how much God loves me. He desires a relationship with me, and that blows my mind away because he's so vast and so amazing, and he created just this amazing universe and so many details, and yet he still knows every detail about me. His love is so unconditional, and he is so forgiving, and I can take every care that I have to him, and he can just help me through every situation in my life, whether it's hard or whether it's good. He's always with me. The day I encountered Jesus, I figured out what fresh air was. I figured out what uh, seeing meant and hearing meant. It was like a shroud was lifted off my whole body and my whole spirit. It was such an intense amount of sensitivity I felt at that point sensitivity to my whole physical character and my whole spiritual character. It was like I could finally 
kind of desire what joy meant in my life and kind of desire what love meant in my life. And it's still a journey that I'm heading on, but that day was a really big change, even just to decide, I want to think about wanting those things. The day I encountered Jesus, it felt like everything was going to be okay. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff to still deal with, but it felt like with him walking beside me, he was going to show me the next step. He was going to show me which direction to go. And it just oh, felt see. like Thank with you. him, it was going to be okay. Oh, what incredible testimonies uh, from our friends. You know, if you've not heard Cheryl or Jared or my testimony before, maybe there's something in there that connects for you. Maybe listening to Cheryl's story, you think, wow, I have had a lot of loss in my life. I connect with what she's saying. I've had grief, overwhelming grief in my life. Or maybe you connect with Jared's story in in that you feel like some days you just want to give up. Like you're just making a plan and and, and thinking about how to give up. And, And thinking like, how do I see clearly because everything feels dark and clouded. Or maybe you connected with my story and you've made some really bad decisions in life. And there are consequences, but you're just feeling like I want something different. Well, for each one of these stories and every single person that knows God, we each have uh, a story to share of how God has transformed our lives. And so we wanted to inspire you with that today. If, if maybe for the very first time you're just hearing about God, hearing about Jesus and wondering more, we wanted to inspire you with how good and gracious that God is You see, the incredible thing, one of the incredible things about God is that he doesn't make it overly difficult for us to have a relationship with him. He's not like, you got to go climb this mountain and you got to have this much money in the bank and you need to do these 10 things and then you can earn it or you can deserve it or you can somehow be granted this relationship with God. He's not like, okay, you got to clean up your mess and come to me and, and once you're good enough, then you can come. He's like the opposite. He's the upside down kingdom. He does everything kind of backwards, kind of upside down in this incredibly ridiculous, gracious way. He says, you know what? Bring your mess. Bring the messiness of who you are to me because I'm the one who's going to forgive you of your sin. I'm going to clean you up. You see, God has created uh, in each one of us, a, a hole in our soul. There's this, this God-shaped spot in every single one of us that's reserved for God alone. And what we do is, is we try to put other things into this God-shaped spot in our soul. And so I want you to imagine that my containers are, are like the God-shaped soul inside, inside of us, right? Now, now, what we want is we want for this to be activated. We want the light to be turned on. Because every single one of us, we want purpose, 
right? We want to know destiny. We want to we feel like we're contributing to life. Not that we're sucking life out, but that we're contributing. And so for every one of us, God has created it, that there is this God-shaped spot. And, and so there's only one thing that's supposed to go into this God-shaped spot. But you see, what we do is we take stuff like work and position and title, and education. And and we think that if we work hard enough on all of those things, they're going to satisfy, they're going to turn that God light on inside of us. And so we, we put all of that value, all of that position, all of the importance on title and education and status, we make that the thing that we worship. We make that the thing that we focus on. And so we pour that into this God-shaped spot in our soul and nothing happens. It's not activated. The light is not turned on. Or maybe for some, relationships and love. We take relationships and we make those the most important thing. We give ourselves away outside of marriage just seeking some kind of belonging, some kind of, of sense that, you know, that we belong to someone. And we take all of that and we put it into that God-shaped spot. And again, nothing happens. It's just a mess. And there's brokenness and there's hurt and there's pain inside of there. And God's light is not turned on inside of us. Or we take social media and we just want to look perfect on social media. We check daily multiple times how many people have liked our post, how many people have commented on our post, and we find value and self-worth on social media. Or we numb our emotions. We numb them with things like chocolate, which is what is inside here, or alcohol, or some kind of addiction. And we try and we, we pour all of that into this God-shaped spot in our heart, in our soul, and nothing happens. Again, the light is not turned on. Or maybe for some of us, it's stuff. We go to Stuff Mart and we buy the latest stuff. We want the latest technology. We've got the nicest house. We want fancy cars. We want the best toys. And we think that all of those things are going to somehow bring us fulfillment, purpose, destiny, that we're going to feel like, like we have something to give if we take and, and we achieve all of those things and we pour all of those things into this God spot in our heart. And again, nothing happens. Nothing is activated. You see, because the gospel is so simple, I want I to explain it to you as the ABCs. And this is my favorite way of communicating how simple the gospel is. The first one is A. And, and you see, that's admit. That's the first thing that we have to do, just like me pulling over to the side of the road 25 years ago saying, God, I admit it. I admit that you are perfect and I admit that I am a sinner. I admit that I have so many mistakes. And you know, it's kind of like we, we have like a credit card and it's like a sin credit card. And what we do is we rack up the debt. And maybe you're feeling that pressure after Christmas and you've overspent and you really understand 
understand the idea of this credit card with this long list of purchases and this huge bill and someone's got to pay it at the end, right? And that's what we admit is that each one of us racks up this sin credit card and every time we make a mistake, it's like cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching and someone has to pay that debt because God is perfect, and we are not. And, and so for there to be a union, for there to be the light to be switched on, we have to admit that we have made mistakes. And then we have to be, we have to believe. We have to believe that there is one God that needs to be the Lord of our life, that needs to be on high in our life, that needs to be the center, that needs to be the one that we surrender to, the one that we bow to. Why? Because we believe. We believe that there is one God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There are three perfect pieces that are perfectly in union with one another. And we have to believe that humanity is broken. You know, God never wanted it this way. He wanted perfect relationship with us. And so it's this incredible love story because he, he sees the brokenness of humanity and he says, they can't do this on their own. I see it. And I'm going to make a way for them. And so he sent his perfect son, the perfect part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And he sent his son to the earth. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas, is this perfect God, human, son, man who came to earth, Jesus Christ, was born in the stable so humbly, lived this perfect life, never once sinned, and then as an adult was crucified to pay the debt, to pay for that sin credit card bill that you and I can't pay. We can't do it because we're not perfect. You see, but Jesus Christ is perfect because he's fully God and yet fully man. And so he pays that debt for us. He pays that bill for us. But we have to believe. We have to believe that he has done that for us. And then the third part is the C. So we've got A, admit, B, believe, C is confess. We have to confess it. We have to say, God, yes, I admit I'm a sinner. I believe that there is only one way to heaven. That is through your son, Jesus Christ. And so I confess. I confess all of my mistakes. I confess you are the Lord of my life. And we welcome him in. And you see what happens when we do this. When we admit, believe, and confess, this incredible thing happens. You see, this God-shaped spot in our heart and soul, well, there's only one activator that's supposed to go inside here, and it's God. He is the only one to turn the light on inside of us. And isn't that just incredible? Isn't that incredible? God wants to turn the light on in you. He's like, stop getting distracted with all this other stuff that you're trying to find purpose and meaning from. I want to be the one to turn the light on in you. I want to be the activator. I want to give you purpose and destiny. I want to forgive you. I want to pay that debt credit card for you. That is what Jesus is saying. And so maybe for the very first time, we're going to do that today. And I want to just lead you in that prayer. It's so simple. That's the thing with God. He doesn't make it this long hoopla and parade and, and all of this. He's just like, it's so simple. You just have to admit, 
believe and confess and he will turn the light on in you. So let's do that. So I want you to get kind of comfy wherever you're at. If you've never asked God into your heart, I just want you to close your eyes. And I want you just to, to invite Jesus in. Just say, Jesus, I invite you into this space. Just say that out loud wherever you are. And you know what? If you already have God in your heart, maybe today's the day where you feel like, I just need a cleansing. You know, I just I want to walk in these steps, these faithful steps, and I already have God in my heart, but God renew something in me. And so let's just invite Jesus. Jesus, we invite you into our space. And Jesus, we admit, we admit, God, that you are perfect and that we have sinned, that we have mistakes. And so I want you just to say that to God. Like, God, I admit it. I have mistakes. I have sin that is piled up. I have this credit card debt of sin and I, I can't pay it. God, I admit it. I admit that I've hurt people around me. I admit there's been broken relationship. I admit that I haven't handled things the best way that I should have. God, I admit all of those mistakes. And just think of some right now. And then believe. Jesus, I want you to say this out loud. Jesus, I believe in your powerful life, death, and resurrection. You see, the resurrection is the key. Jesus could have died, and that would have been the end of the story. But when he was resurrected, it's because he conquered sin. He conquered death for every single one of us. So Jesus, we just say right now, we believe. We believe in you, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe. And lastly, we confess. We confess that we need to surrender ourselves before you, God, that we just can't do this on our own. We confess that we need you. And I hope that you just feel like a weight coming off of you as you confess. That's the beauty of God. Lord Jesus, thank you, Father, for every single one of those new believers, those new, new people that have come to, to the throne room and who have said, I admit and I believe and I confess, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray, Father, that as you exchange their sin, that as you forgive their sin, Lord God, that you would turn that light on in them, Lord God, that your spirit would come alive in them. I pray all over, wherever people are watching, that your spirit just downloads, that you just fall into people's hearts and souls, Lord God. Just turn the light on. Just activate in them, Lord God, because you are so good. You are so good, Jesus. We worship you. Yes, Jesus. Now, if you gave your life to Jesus for the very first time today, we want you to click on the screen that you did so because we uh, have an email we want to send you. We want to support you. You know, just like 25 years ago when I gave my life to Jesus, part of the reason why I'm still here is because of community, because I engaged in community, and we want to encourage you to do that as well. So reach out to us. Let us know that you have asked God to come into your heart, to be the light, to activate in you, because we want to support you and walk through this journey with you. In Jesus' name, amen.